know, I heard a story uh, about an old man who used to go to breakfast every uh, Christmas morning. And he would go to breakfast, and he would go in the breakfast, and he would order. Uh, they were in there. Eggs Benedict. <laughs> and uh, he would order his eggs Benedict. And right before it was going to be served, he would hand uh, the waitress his uh, old Snudebaker uh, hubcap. And he would say, would you serve it in, the, in this, please? And this went on for a few years. And then, and then one day, the waitress was like, I'm going to ask him why. So she says, why do you have that? And she can go, there's no... I'm going to say this right now, as it may lose a joke. There's no plate like Chrome for the Hollandaise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it is good to be home at Christmas, isn't it? <coughs> Whether you're visiting this church today or, or, or you belong to this family, it's home. You know, I want you to know that you're welcome here, and, and uh, we're excited that you're here. And I, I always, have always loved Christmas and Christmas traditions. Even before I was a believer, I always loved Christmas, basically because when you're a little kid, you get gifts. You know, <laughs> uh, I love the special meals though, that we do at Christmas. I love the season. I love the lights that you can go watch, uh, go look at, and I love the music. I don't love too much of the music, but I do love the music. <laughs> and uh, Christmas Eve was always such an exciting time when I was a kid. Uh, the anticipation grew to almost unbearable levels at Christmas Eve uh, as it approached. I mean, I could not go to sleep. I mean, kids, that you know, it's like you can't go to sleep, you want to get up. I mean, I would bother my presents about it because Sam would always come and put the trash bag on the end of my bed with all my presents. Or you can be able to move. You know, we, we've got this arrival and this uh, invitation. Like uh, most kids, though, as I was growing up, if you asked me what Christmas was all about, I would have likely said, even though I didn't believe in Jesus, even though I didn't believe in Jesus, it was all about Jesus. I would have likely said it was all about Jesus, but I wouldn't have thought that in my heart because I didn't believe in Jesus. Messing you up. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Yeah, you are messing me up. Okay. I did. I asked John if I could do that, and he told me I could, and <laughs> he was wrong. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You threw me off because it went off and back on again. I but apologize. Okay you know. Sorry about that. I'm. I'm not sure. Uh, I should admit this, but as a pastor, I still. Uh, Christmas Eve, I get excited about uh, thinking about the gifts that, that not as much what I'm going to get, but the excitement of, of getting somebody the right gift and, and opening that, that present tomorrow Tomorrow night we get to, to give our grandkids our presents and I'm, I'm really excited about that and, uh, and that's a big strong pull on my heart and I'm sure it's a strong pull on a lot of our hearts that that we sometimes forget what Christmas is really about. And I'm 
It's okay. I'm not... I keep losing where I'm at. That's why I don't want to beat myself. I'm not going to... Uh, I know the power of... Uh, I, I know the, the, the power of the food and the presents and everything that's going on at Christmas that we're all excited about. We get to be around family. That is usually a good thing. Sometimes it's not a good thing, but usually it's a good thing. We get to be around our family at Christmas at this time of year. And, but as we're here today, right now, real close to celebrating Christmas Day. In, in 29 minutes, it's going to be the 25th of December. It is going to be Christmas Day. <clears throat> and we are going to, at this time, I want you to focus, while you're here, I want you to focus on this greatest gift, the greatest gift that you will ever receive, the greatest gift that has ever been given, the gift of Jesus. That's why we're here tonight. We're not here to celebrate anything else but the real gift of Christmas, the gift that only God could have gave us. Luke 2, 6 through 7 says this, and while they were, and while they were there, the time came to her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. See, Jesus' arrival says so much about who he is and how he operates in our lives. The gift the, 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 that first the gift first presented itself, Jesus first presented himself in a similar way to how he presents himself to us right now. His parents had left their hometown to Nazareth to be registered for the census and they couldn't find a place to stay. It's remarkable, it's a remarkable event if you consider who Jesus is. See, he is the Almighty One. John 1 3 says, through him, all things were made. Through Jesus, all things were made. And he shows up in this little bitty village as a baby to choose that. He has the ability to peel back the heavens. He has the ability to stop time, to thunder to the ends of the earth. Yet, there was no room for him when he arrived. There was no room. The way he was received, or more accurately, the way he was ignored, speaks so much about how we can respond to him, even at this moment. The manner of his arrival reminds us that Jesus doesn't force himself upon us. You, you realize that Jesus didn't force himself upon the world, and Jesus does not force himself upon you. He doesn't make threats. He doesn't beg you. He doesn't make a grand display for you to say, yes, I'm going to follow you. Instead, in his arrival that night, and in his arrival right now, because he's right here, right now, you know that, don't you? That he offers us all a quiet invitation, a call to be welcomed in and welcomed home in the dark night of our own hearts. See, it's no coincidence that the inn was too crowded for him. How ironic that the one who came to welcome us back home 
through a relationship with God, spent his first night in a barn, laying in a feeding trough, because no one welcomed him in. See, the circumstances of his birth show how people throughout the ages would misunderstand and reject him. More often, though, people simply didn't, don't, don't have room in their lives or their hearts. Even people who say they believe in Jesus and they are followers of Christ sometimes say that they push him to the back rooms. They call upon him when they need him. But he's not a part of their day-to-day -day life. You see, for the last four weeks as a church, we've been looking at these, ca these casts of characters that are involved in this amazing arrival. And remember what I told you? It was a rescue mission. Because we all need to be rescued. All of us need to be rescued. As we remember each of their responses tonight to Jesus' arrival, let's consider our response to the fact that Jesus had arrived right here in this place as well. Let's consider the fact that Jesus is here right now. Jesus uh, wants to be a greater part of your life. Not just a part of your life. He wants to be the greater part of your life. And I think if you showed up tonight, some of you know that you want Jesus to be a greater part of your life. As if you don't, there's probably better things to do than come to church at 11 o'clock at night on Christmas Eve. But we want to worship God because we want him to be the main point in our life, not a backbone part of our life, not a part where we go to him when there's a problem, we want to be able to go to him all the time. See, in fact, if you've never responded to Jesus, invitation or arrival, by giving your <clears> life to him, or maybe you need to say, look, I need to follow him more seriously because I want to be a true follower of Christ. You know, perhaps right now you can sense through this sermon series and right now that you want to be more in love with Christ. You want to be, have a better relationship with Christ. Not because of uh, anything I've said really, but because of what you realize Jesus has done for you. You see, the prophets, the angels, and the shepherds, and the magi all had an important part to play in this wonderful arrival. They all responded to Jesus in a unique but wonderful way. Let's consider their responses to his arrival. You've got mis misguided responses. See, before we look at those, res those responses, let's consider a couple of common responses people have to Christmas today. You see, many people feel that, that God is primarily, primarily concerned with our behavior. That he's worried about how we act. See, we feel that God is pleased with good people and mad at bad people. Many of us look to our own goodness. We, we look at what we're good at and say, oh, I'm good person. Or maybe we should say our less badness, that we're better than somebody else. 
as we consider Jesus' arrival on earth, many of us hope in the idea that we aren't really bad people. Most of us, after all, haven't murdered anybody. I don't think we've got any murderers in the church tonight. The people with that approach is that our comparisons of goodness are ridiculous in the light of the goodness of God. See, let's say the planet Mars represents our goodness of an average person, okay? Comparably, uh, your goodness, though, because you're not average, okay? Your goodness is the size of the Earth, which, according to space.com, is about twice the size of Mars. So you've done well, haven't you? You've got twice the goodness of Mars. Well, the problem with that is, is, is that God's goodness is closer to the sun. Okay? And according to universe today, you could fit 1.3 million Earths into the sun. 1.3 million. Now your good's not looking so good, is it? You see... You can quickly see that, that in light of the goodness and holiness of God, the little difference we see between one another doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. You see, we could say, we know that Stalin, Hitler, and, and uh, Pol Pot were evil. We know all of them people were evil people. Okay, Hitler was definitely a, a, an evil person. But the truth of the matter is, Guess what? Our goodness is much closer to their goodness, which they haven't done, than it is ever going to be close to God's goodness. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It doesn't say some have sinned, it says all have sinned. That puts everybody in this room and everybody that's lived on this planet and going to live on this planet and is living right now in the category of all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, this is the holiday where we remember that God took a huge step towards us. That's the great thing about Christianity. We didn't have to step towards God. God came down to us. We were in trouble. We were in trouble. Although we were created to be with him, we were literally created to be with God. Our hearts had turned far from him. And it doesn't matter if, if you go, well, I wasn't in the garden. I didn't sin. You would have made the same choices. You would have made the same choices if you was in that garden. There was a barrier between us and the creator that had to be dealt with. And, and we know this because a couple of thousand years of Jewish history teaches us, if it teaches us anything, it, it's that the answer wasn't going to be found in our own effort. That is the point of the old Old Testament. The whole Old Testament shows us that nobody can be good enough. We cannot resolve to try harder. You can't try harder. That's not what I'm preaching today. You cannot try harder. You have to allow God to move in your life. See, God took a big step towards us by coming to live with us, show the way, and remove the barrier from, through his death for us. You see, it's not about being good. It's about being 
near to God through <coughs> Jesus. This simple story of Christmas isn't about the church or even a religion. It's about relationship. Relationship with God. I'll say that over and over again. It's about a relationship with God. We have a God that is relational. That is enough to, to come to church and worship Him for the rest of your life. That He wants to have a relationship with you. It's about love. It's about life. And it's about freedom. We could be like the prophet. God has been talking about his arrival for thousands of years before it took place. For thousands of years, there's prophet, prophecies in the Bible that, that tell you that God is going, Jesus is going to be born. Jesus is coming. It's amazing to think that, sp this, that specific words about Jesus' birth and death were recorded hundreds and even thousands of years before he was born. Though the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, the prophets knew we needed a Savior, and they spoke of his coming. We can respond to Jesus this Christmas as the prophets responded to him. We can eagerly and earnestly look for him. We can look for him in every part of life. The best response we can have is to eagerly look for him and his grace. And his grace that is poured freely over us all. The prophets have left us a powerful example. They believed in him even though they never saw him. They never saw him, but they believed in him. Even though they, he hadn't even been born yet. We can respond like the prophets of old who believed that the Messiah would come from God to save us from our sin because we can't be good enough. We can't be good enough. Nothing you can do will get you into heaven. Nothing. Or we can be like the shepherds. We can always also respond like the shepherds. They saw the angel appear before them. A great choir joined them and they wondered what it, what it was all about. Some of us respond to Jesus as many of, of us are responding now. We wonder what, what, what we're looking at. We wonder what we're looking at. You see, but we wonder if we, we're missing something and we feel like we don't have the inside track or the inside knowledge. This is Christians as well as non-Christians. This is people who have believed in Jesus a long time. Sometimes we think, wow, they, they've got the, this person over there. They're so spiritual and they, they must have this inside track to Jesus. No, there's nobody special. We can all have the same relationship with Christ. We have to allow it to happen. There's no special knowledge. And they don't, and we, and we don't see anything you and I, they can't see anything that you or me can't, can see. See, while a crowd can get us to do, uh, why we can do silly things and, and look and go to places, we, we want to focus on the arrival of Jesus. We don't want the distractions of the world to take us away from the fact that we are celebrating right now the arrival of Jesus. 
And we're not just celebrating the arrival, we're anticipating his second coming. We can, we can anticipate his second coming because Jesus is coming back. An angel appeared to the shepherds announcing the Savior had come and that he's nearby in the stable. In their curiosity, the shepherds didn't just stand there pointing at the sky, did they? No. They said to each other, hey, we better go check that out. This is the Savior. They're saying the Savior's been born. We're going to check it out. And they went, let's go see him. See, maybe you're a little curious. Romans 2, 4 says, or do you presume on the riches of, of, the, of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? See, God's kindness is supposed to lead us to repentance. We, was, we are supposed to follow like the shepherds follow. So if you're curious like the shepherds, I want to encourage you that you can respond by opening your heart to Christmas and allowing it in, allowing in the possibility that the first Christmas was simply God's expression of love and kindness and grace towards you. That is what we're celebrating. God showed that love by sending his son Jesus to remove judgment. You and if you believe in Jesus, you are not being judged. And, and he removed the guilt. So everything that you've done bad, stop looking back in the past at the guilt that just draws you back into the life that you once lived. Live free because you're not judged if you believe in Christ. You're not going to be judged you're going to be set free. But you've got to allow that him to set you free. You've got to allow his grace to cover you. You can't do anything about your past. But Jesus has already done everything about your past. He's already paid the price. When you feel guilty, guess what? You're saying to Jesus, you being born, living a life that I couldn't live, and dying on the cross was not enough for me. I need more. I need more. And nobody needs more. Maybe you need to pray. Maybe you need to pray, God, I want you to open my heart. I know I believe in you, but I want you to grow me. I want you to teach me to trust you that you've paid the price for my sin. All Jesus wants from you is for you to follow him and take one step towards him instead of con continuing to run away from him. We can be like the Magi. Some of us here right now are like the Magi who were waiting and watching for God to move on their behalf. When they saw the signs in the stars, they traveled hundreds of miles from the east and said, where is the one to be born, king of the Jews? 
We saw a star when it rose, and here come to we come here to worship him. Like the Magi, come as you are, willing though, expectantly, for God to move in your life. Come expecting God to move. Expect him to move, because he will move. He wants to move in your life. Come with great faith. We've come, this is, the, the Magi came with great faith. We've come here tonight just as they did to worship him. When you made a decision to come here tonight, you made a decision like the Magi to worship the one true God, Jesus. I want to encourage you that, that you have enough right now. The whole reason Jesus came was so that he could be with you. The point of Christmas isn't really gifts as much as, as it is connection. You see, God is pleased to just have your heart and your affection and build a relationship with you. Your response is a gift more precious to God than gold, frankincense, or myrrh. See, you can bring a wonderful gift by allowing God even more space in your heart. Imagine that. You can give God a gift by opening your heart and allowing him in. Allowing him to take more control over your life. Your response is simple. To give more of yourself over to him. To tell him thank you. And in that thanks to give him a little more devotion. And a little bit more space in your life. When you do that it will be met in a joyful communion of God. Giving more of himself to you. Because that connection and that closeness to you are what God desires. That's what God wants. He just wants you. <coughs> he wants you. We're going to take a look at one more response in a minute. Jesus about Jesus' arrival that we can all make together tonight. That we can all do tonight. No matter who we identify with in the first Christmas story. But before we do, I want to give you every chance to respond in your own way to Jesus reaching out to, to you right now. You know, maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus, really. Maybe it's time tonight to say, Jesus, I want to give you all of me. I want to give you my heart. I want to open it up so you can change me from the inside out because my way doesn't work. Maybe that's what you need to do. You know, maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time. Maybe it's time to say, yeah, Jesus, I, I say I'm a follower of you, but I just don't do anything to get closer to you. I don't, I don't, I don't open my Bible. I don't pray to you, God. I don't talk to you. I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But that's as far as I go. The only word I ever hear is when I come to church. Help me, God, to build a relationship. Maybe that's what you need to respond to now. John 3.16 said this. For God so loved the world. The world is all of the world. That he gave his only son 
that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That is a so, we hear that passage all the time, and I think we miss what it, it really means. God loved the world. You are the world. <laughs> and he gave his son. That's what we're celebrating tonight. You see, we've got to remember every time we come to church, we're celebrating the birth of Christ, but we also celebrate the death of Christ. We celebrate the Christ that was nailed to a cross to give us everlasting life. That is was an impactful that is the most powerful thing that's ever going to happen. That is the real gift, by the way. The fact that he was born it, it's the fact that he was willing to die for you. For you. I know me. I can't believe he died for me, let alone all of you. You know? And I want to encourage you as you make that decision, whether you, you accept in Christ or you you are you you are committing your life to Christ in a way that you've never committed your life to Christ before. That you're saying, God, I really want to follow you. I really want to love you. We're coming up to a new year. 2020. Maybe this is the year that it's time for you to really take Christ seriously and follow him. And follow him. We can respond like the angels. See, it doesn't matter whoever you most identify with in the Christmas story. All of us can, can close this <coughs> service tonight. We can all close this service like, like the angels. We can all close this service like the angels. See, Luke 2, 4 says this. On the night when the Jesus arrived, the angels praised God with, with songs. They sang, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. See, we can wrap up this part of Christmas by carrying our praises out into the Christmas celebration. <coughs> we can carry, we can, we're going to end with song tonight, and we can praise God like the angels praise God. It might not sound as good. <laughs> But we, we can lift our voices up to God and praise him like he deserves. But then we can, as we go about our Christmas day tomorrow, we can take that with us, the praise. You see, we can wrap up Christmas by praising God in our celebration. We can give him the glory in the way you treat one another. You can give him glory in the way you celebrate. You can give him glory in the way you sing. You can give him glory in the way you live. Not just tomorrow. Not just tomorrow. But for the rest of your life. You can choose to give God glory. You can choose that. When we look to anything else other than Jesus for our fulfillment, we are guaranteed Disappointment. We are guaranteed disappointment. If you look to the other things to fulfill you, you will not ever be full. 
Because you have a God-sized hole and it can only be filled by God. You can have an experience of a lifetime. You can go to the best, to a restaurant on the moon, but you would be disappointed. If they put a restaurant on Mars moon and you flew out there on a rocket ship and went there, you would be disappointed. You will never be satisfied. Because there's only one person that can satisfy, satisfy you, and that is God. See, have, have you heard, by the way, Whoever, whoever, simply and remarkably, the, the simple and remarkable story, the simple and remarkable story of Christmas, it's short, the passage is short, read it, make it a goal tomorrow to read the story in the Gospel of Luke about Christ's birth, it's short, short, it's a short part of the Bible. But it's an important part. And I am so glad and thankful that you decided to share its remembrance today with us. That, that God was born a few thousand years ago and you decided tonight to worship with us. We are honored that, that at this special holy time you, choose, you chose to be here. <coughs> You chose to be here to worship, to worship God. Now, the 25th of December, it's finally here. I pray that your Christmas is calm, quiet, full, and that it brings you one step closer to the one who came to be with you. That we can be with him forever. Let's close in prayer. Father, we declare Christ has come. Glory to God in the highest and on, on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. For the light of the world now shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. See, we want to respond to your arrival, God, by drawing closer to you, please don't stop drawing near to us until you are everything. Praise you, God, for coming to rescue us on Christmas. And praise you, God, for coming to rescue us today and tomorrow. We glorify you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. 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 Wonderful. Well, here's the uh, <clears throat> song that I was looking for. And it just needs to be. Oh, 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 there's the uh, second action. Yeah. <laughs> we'll sing it now.
take time to think about, as Pastor Ed said so well, make God faithful with you all.